What is pretty fresh, my listeners? It is your boy, the one, the only, Edwin Kruger. And today we are back here in Las Vegas, Nevada for another episode of the Kruger Dissection, where we grab your favorite artists and we ask them about their lives, what they're doing, any future updates, and everything else going on. Today we are joined with a very special guest. Today we are joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Thomas Estrada of Vanity of Insanity, a local band out here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Say what's up, Thomas. What's up, everybody? It's your boy. What's up, Thomas? So today I'm just here to talk to you about Vanity of Insanity, ask a few questions, you know, the usual. But real quick, I heard that you guys were looking for a new drummer. What's the story behind that real quick? Um, nothing special. Um, we just, our old drummer, we had creative differences. He's, he's still a good friend of ours. He's still going to be around, you know. If you if you're at shows, you know you'll see him probably be there. But uh, yeah, we are currently looking for a new drummer. And uh, if you guys want to like try out, if anybody wants to try out, they can just hit up our Instagram, Vanity of Insanity. Sucks to hear about the drummer, but I am glad to hear that you guys still on good terms. Something very rare when it comes to band members leaving or bands breaking up these days. But besides the drummer, can you give a can you give uh, the listeners uh, like a description of what the band is, what the band has to offer? Anyone that's new to you guys? Um, honestly, Vanity of Insanity is just uh, we're just out here creating music, you know. Like for uh, for the album though, there's a we we want to release an album called The Cry for Help, which is gonna be uh, basically uh, a story slash like a badass song album. Like each song is gonna correlate to a story, and they have their own music videos. But that's a big project that we're working on, and uh, we're gonna see if we can get that through. But for now, we're just uh, we're just writing music, you know. Super exciting to hear about the new release, new album you guys have planned and you guys have coming up. It's exciting to see new releases coming from artists here inside Las Vegas, which is my hometown. And uh, is this your hometown too, or did you come from somewhere else? My hometown, uh, where I was born, was El Paso, but uh, I was raised here in Vegas. Ooh, El Paso. That's really interesting, and um. Since you were grown up here in Las Vegas, how did Vanity of Insanity start? Like, who met who? Who had the idea to start a band? How did all of that go down? Vanity of Insanity started when uh, I was in middle school, and I met my original drummer, uh, Sebastian Wingert. And uh, at first, we were like, yo, man, you play an instrument? He was like, yeah, I play an instrument, dude. And we just started jamming out. And that's, that's when we are like, bro, we need to come up with a band name. And we came up with one Vanity of Insanity, and we just rolled with it. But then, uh, unfortunately, my drummer he uh, he moved out to to like to Arizona to pursue his education, and uh, also Las Vegas wasn't treating him too well, so he moved out. But I still kept the name, and I was still trying to keep the legacy of the band, cause cause the name was too sick to get rid of, so you know, just kept it, man. <laughs> Vanity of Insanity is a pretty dope name if I do say so myself, something that I personally really dig. Quick question, what genre exactly are you guys? Because you guys tend to have multiple different influences from what I can hear. See, I, I wouldn't really want to give us a label because uh, we could write anything, but we do like like our metal element because we like to make people mosh, but we also like to have our, our musical element too, you know? We want to make people feel, you know? 
an emotional roller coaster because all our songs are stories the stories are emotional roller coasters oh okay i see with the whole um not having a genre thing like because like i said you guys have different inspirations different things you guys could pull from but obviously metal being like your biggest one in your sound and the whole emotional roller coaster thing personally i think that is amazing because everyone goes through emotional roller coasters in their life some positive some negative and some people have trouble expressing expressing those emotions they feel but with you um it doesn't seem like it so when you write songs or when your band writes songs what exactly is the writing process and how does that all work usually my writing process is i just uh find a riff and once i find a riff i just build upon them and uh try to see what i can feel out of them some songs could take up to like a couple years to make actually like i've had some of the riffs that you hear on the on my soundcloud for like years before i've ever even put them together in a song and i'm still trying to get better at the writing process but usually i just dissect uh parts of the song and i just put it all together so with the dissecting with the writing it sounds like it's mostly you is it just only you writing the songs or do other members collaborate and write songs together i mainly write everything but uh flashback was the only song that was written by everybody so flashback that is one of your songs on your band soundcloud correct yeah uh basically we got a microphone and we we got two microphones and we hooked it up to ben's kit which is our old drummer and uh like basically we were just jamming in this room in in, in my house and we were just jamming for like a couple of minutes i just came up with this riff the dun 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 and then everyone's like yo that shit sounds fucking dope let's just keep playing off of it and so we uh, we eventually wrote Flashback by just jamming out. We're like, bro, we need to record this because this shit is so dope. We got a fucking strobe light and we just put it in the room because it made it, it made the atmosphere feel 10 times better. And we just recorded it with two mics. Hey, I think that's pretty cool with the whole strobe light thing, adding the effect to the recording process and really putting you into the mood. Because as a musician, being in the right mood for recording is really important because by doing so, it really captures the emotion into the track and really lets the audience and the listener hear it from the, for themselves when they're listening to the track for the first time or even the 100th, the 1,000th time. But for anyone who maybe hasn't heard any of your tracks, or maybe has listened to all of them. Let's first play Deja Vu and then Flashback, your two biggest songs on SoundCloud.
and welcome back hopefully you enjoyed listening to those tracks for the first time as i did when i first listened to this amazing band but thomas uh can you give us a run through of exactly what deja vu means to you and what meaning you were going for when writing the song basically i wrote deja vu after looking at this uh news article of uh it was basically stating some facts about how uh lights can determine where humans live and it showed the lights over Syria. And basically, after the Syrian war, like, literally, not even a year later, it went from, like, a shitload of lights to just almost completely pitch black because of all the fucking infighting and all the bullshit happening over there. And it made me think about all these people that that are just gone. They're just gone forever. And it's like, people are dying over there. There's no... Sp- structured government everything's just been dismantled and these people are just lost and so that's why i say falling in line oh what a mystery just to leave this life behind because i also bring some philosophy into that as in like when we die is there really anything afterwards or are we just just gonna become nothing or are we already nothing so with the whole Syria thing, talking about the war and the lights going on, uh, one can easily assume that you are not scared to get political with your lyrics. No, I'm not scared to get political. I'll, I'll go in deep. <laughs> going in deep, uh, something I love to hear. It sounds amazing, 10 out of 10, when it's especially out of context. But other than you know political stances and talks about war, is there any other quote-unquote controversial topics your lyrics might include? Um... My lyrics, like Scooter Fag and stuff, I talk about... Scooter Fag is kind of like about a damaged person kind of having a breakdown. And a little spoiler for the story. In Scooter Fag, it's supposed to be about this scooter kid who's real arrogant about himself. And uh, he just starts being a fucking asshole to everybody, getting in front of a bunch of skaters while they're uh, trying to perform tricks and shit, and they're just falling over. And uh, eventually they get pissed off, and they have a schizophrenic breakdown, and just murder the fuck out of them, and they painted the our logo with their blood. Whoa, whoa, okay, that went like 0 to 100 real quick. Yeah. But with all that being said, and with what you were saying about the schizophrenic breakdown, and the scooter kid just overall being like an asshole, one can assume that... Like a basic summary of this song is like assholes getting what they deserve, or is there something else you meant in these lyrics? There's multiple meanings behind it. It's like assholes getting what they deserve. It's like showing that some people are just crazy and damaged, and uh, small shit can set them off, kind of like how school shootings and like shit happens. It's like it's not reality, but it's still kind of like reality because crazy shit happens regardless. Especially nowadays with the internet being a thing now these crazy things like school shootings and a bunch of other shit going down It can easily be shared online and millions and millions of people can see it and view it from themselves and from their own opinions And it seems like you guys aren't scared to talk about how you feel about these situations going on in your songs Yeah, that's that's what we're about and uh, Also at the end of the song just to add a little bit where I say running and twisting in rapid succession. I cannot take this pain. When does it all end? It's like a psychopath thinking that he could just be numb to it, but then his consciousness catches up to him. 
and that's when he finally just like loses his shit okay i see so it's like one big circle with the you know awful things happening and the psychopath trying to be numb to it but realizing that he can't and it just gets the best of him so i love seeing like the whole circle stories and how everything connects in your songs like for example deja vu and scooter fag which is why i want to talk about another track of yours which is bonus track what can you tell me about that one bonus track that one like uh i wrote i wrote this riff and i recorded it on my uh, macbook and i was like yeah this riff sounds uh fucking heavy as fuck and for some reason the riff just made me like low-key have a panic attack so i was like fuck it why don't i just scream into the fucking microphone and cry and so I, I just fucking did it. Wait, wait, okay. So, from my understanding, that is you crying and you screaming during the recording. That's not like a sample you found online. That's not somebody else doing it and you just recorded them. That is you personally letting out those emotions. Yeah, I was just letting out all my anger and frustration because I was kind of like pissed that day. So I was like... <laughs> and I had a bunch of anxiety because I've, I've lived in a lot of, you know, like, domestic, you know, like violence and like just abusiveness and i've lived around a lot of mental abuse so it's like why not just let it all out <laughs> i just scream into the microphone so with you you use your musical um outlet as a source to release these emotions that you feel due to your abusive environments growing up such as many other people who also grew up in abusive environments but is there anything about these environments that you would like to share that would maybe shed some more light on the lyrics you write? Um, not really. There's nothing really to talk about. And then everyone truly grows up with the shitty home life. But, like, some people just vary. Mine, my home life wasn't terrible physically, but I, all my, both my sides of my family are just so toxic. And it's not just family. It was a bunch of friends I had and like, I don't have any siblings other than, like, my sister, and she's already moved out, so it's kind of like growing up alone kind of fucks you up, especially when you're socially outcasted and you're outcasted by your own family. I am very sorry to hear that. Obviously, stuff like that is not easy for anyone to go through, and it sucks to hear that you, unfortunately, are someone that went through it growing up. You don't have to be sorry, bro. That's what builds character in a lot of people. And uh, I, I've grown wiser from it, and I've seen what I do not want to be. I personally respect that a lot. I think it takes um, a really like strong and an independent person to like, you know be thrown in like a shitty environment, a toxic, abusive environment, and to not let that get the best of them, and for them to actually learn from it, for them to, like you said, see what you do not want to become and become your own person from it. And you know, is there like anything you want to share on that? You know, becoming your own person, not allowing others to, like, defy who you are. I feel like at first I didn't know how to build it. But then once I finally truly broke down and really gave it some thought, it kind of just molded me. And it's kind of always molded me because I've always grown up a lot different than a lot of people. I've never worried about shit. I've always just never gave a shit. <laughs> I think that's great to hear and just another song I want to talk about is your song The Drunken Stupor or The Drunken Stupor Screwed two tracks that both found both sound very similar but yet different names like what's the reason behind that so The D Drunken Stupor and The Drunken Stupor Screwed basically is kind of like 
a funny nod to SPM because uh, uh, SPM has uh, has this one song. I forgot what it's called. He has this song where basically like he has the original and then he has the other one that says screwed. But all he did for the screwed one was slow it down. And so that's what I did for the drunken stupor screwed. It's just the drunken stupor, but slow it down. Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense because personally, I was a bit confused on that. And I think it's nice having that little nod to another artist that you personally really enjoy. And, but for the drunken stupor, basically, that's another one of the stories about a man who uh, who works at a, at a Walmart. Well, not Walmart, but like, you know, a supermarket. And all he does is scan groceries and shit. But then one day, since he came in a little bit drunk and threw up all over the fucking floor, his boss comes out and fires him. And so the drunken stupor is where basically he goes home. He doesn't have a job. His car fucks up. All sorts of bad shit just starts happening to this guy. He comes home and he's like, fuck it. I'm just going to steal some fucking booze, go on to my house and just have my own fucking party. So he spends all his money on basically a one-man party thing so he could kind of, like, revel in, like, all of his mistakes that he's made in his life and all the shit that, that went wrong for him. And so that's why it says, Hello, from the deepest part of my mind, if only I could take back the time. And basically that's where he's just getting fucked up, having his one-man party in his shitty apartment. He's, like, crying, he's dancing... You know, he's just enjoying himself in, like, a psychotic sort of way or, like, just a mental breakdown sort of way. And, like, finally, once once it, like, changes to, like, the to the heavier part, that's him. Like, he's basically screaming and crying. And then all of a sudden, it just slows down to the dun, 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 dun. And that's when he's, like, passed out on the floor because he's dying because he has all this alcohol poisoning. Then you hear the that's the that's the solo coming in just to like give it the creepy vibe, you know, let you know yeah, some shit's yeah. about to happen. And so in the story, his spirit leaves his body, and that's when he he starts walking down a hallway because a man's leading him, and he runs into a mosh pit full of just fucking people who died the same way he did, just through alcohol poisoning and just hating their life. And then suicide, and then there's, like, people who have died from murder and all sorts of crazy shit. Just a bunch of miserable souls that are just out to show him. And he gets thrown into a mosh pit, and that's when the heavy part comes in, and they're all just throwing him around. And then eventually, at the end, he comes out of it because he barely survives because one of his relatives came to check on him. Luckily, and that, that's when he's supposed to live and he learns that he only has one life and that he shouldn't be stuck in the past. So once again, another song with really deep meaning and a story behind it and a story that honestly a lot of people can relate to nowadays for as there's a lot of young people out there that are struggling to like barely get by with their lives, honestly hating it and going through poverty and a bunch of other horrible stuff like that. Not just poverty, it's also like with a lot of people like 25 on 20 to 25 i see so many people that they're that just like regretting shit or, or there's even people that are miserable and even a personal friend of mine said dude this song fucking relates to me because i one i dealt with alcoholism too like i regret so much shit in my past and i can't let shit go 
but it's like you're better off without it. Can't let shit drag you down. So it's obviously a song that has a deep and meaningful meaning behind it. Yeah, put in some fucked up twisted meaning. I'm not meaning, but video. That's all I want to do. I got all these crazy ideas I just want to, like, you know, just throw out there. But, you know, I don't have the resources for it right now. But that's what I'm building up to. So that is what Vanity of Insanity is building up to. And that is what you unfortunately don't have the resources for right now. It's, you know, continuous album cycles and a bunch of videos. But my question is, do these stories, is it like one big long story that stretches out several videos and songs? Or is it different stories? It's individual stories, but for the Cry for Help album, we're trying to do just one album of a correlating story. Okay, that makes sense, and that clears a lot of things up. But a follow-up question I have is, do these stories, do they all apply to you? Are these stories stuff that you went through personally? Are these stories that other people you know went through? Or is it something else? It's Most of it's fiction, and most of it's like, you know... Like an example, kind of like, you know, how math equations have examples. Jerry had 50 watermelons type shit. I'm just trying to prove a point with the, some of the videos. But not just prove a point, I'm also trying to have some artistic freedom. I just want to have fun. I write this music because, you know, it's something that that I've been doing for a long time, you know. And I'm going to continue doing for the rest of my life. And it's just, uh, I just want to share some of my best work with, with everybody because everyone's always tells me like hey thomas yo you need to record that song i want to hear your music man you know so i'm just like fuck it throw it out there i see i see you recording your songs and throwing it out there for the world to hear your message and what you have to say yeah i'm not i'm not really doing it to be famous or get famous i'm just doing it because it's just what i love to do i'll do it regardless so safe to say that music is your one true passion yeah i think that's amazing to hear but uh before we move on to the next topic is there any other songs you would you would like to talk about anything else you want to say um any other songs any song you want to talk about uh i feel like urban warrior is a good one because i just re-released that one for urban warrior Honestly, I don't even think I got a meaning for it. I just thought it sounded fucking cool. If it sounds cool, then why does it need a meaning, you know? It's a dope song to me. I, I just, I was thinking, the only thing I was thinking when I was making this song, I was like, how can I make a metal song sound gangster as fuck? And you figured out how to do it, because obviously you made a song that sounds exactly like that. And that's what I did with Urban Warrior. I wanted it to be like metal, but I also wanted it to be about someone doing a fucking drive-by. And just and just fucking gangster ass motherfucker killing people, and then like towards the middle of the song when the bass changes, that's when like they just smoke a blunt, they chill the fuck out, you know, and fucking go on psychotic rampage because they're smoking sherm or some shit. I don't know, man. This fucking sounds fucking cool to me because I grew up around a you know like a lot of uh, sketchy people, so I picked up a few things, but like you know. I didn't let that define me. I just thought it'd be funny. Just think about. So it's a combination of two worlds: the metal world, where you have your metalheads, and then like your gangster rap world, where you have obviously you know like your gangsters or cholos, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, it's kind of a stereotype that people in the ghetto or the hood they don't listen to metal. Like some of them don't, but I've met a lot of my family does. Like even my my uh, relatives who are affiliated with things you know some of them are into hella rock and metal and shit it's like these aren't just like 
stereotypes. These are people, you know, they they do their own thing. Everybody's a person. Yeah, because of stereotypes, you can't let them define who you are because everybody is their own person. Everybody has their own likes and dislikes and stereotypes. Just straight up, they're like a bunch of bullshit, you know? They're not true like 98% of the time. Yeah, just coincidences. So with that being out of the way, you know, finished finishing talking about your song meanings, let's move on to the next topic, which is your live shows, which right now are unfortunately put on pause due to you guys not having a drummer. Once again, if you are a drummer in the Las Vegas area, be sure to hit a Vanity of Insanity on Instagram to try out. But with that being out of the way, what do you have to say about the live shows? <laughs> the only... Uh... Really uh, crazy show story we have is uh, when we played at Cajito Verde, and unfortunately for us, like um, like we were, we were stoked when uh, the dude from Casa Verde told us that we we're gonna headline, but we didn't realize how many bands were on the show and we didn't realize how late we were gonna play. So once uh, once the final band uh, No Tides uh, played. It was kind of like everybody just already had their moment and everybody left. And so when we had to jump on the stage, it got really empty. You know, I was like, shit. I was just looking, at, I was looking around. And I was like, fuck. I mean, at least people stayed, you know. So, like, might as well play. I mean, we're here. It was like, I think it was like 1 in the morning. Well, I think it 1 in the morning. 12, Your 1 in the time. morning. Set time, 12, 1 in the morning. Now, that's pretty metal. Yeah, so we were fucking late at night. Everyone was all fucked up. Everybody was uh, fucking high or drunk. And uh, I got on there, and someone was like, Woo! This is all on video, too, so you can hear it for yourself. And she was like, let's go! Like, some drunk girl just started screaming, and I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, yeah, that's totally cool. And then all of a sudden, one of my friends yelled out, Hey, yo, shred that shit, fool! And I was like, you already know, man. So, like, I was already intimidated because, one, everyone's already left. So, like, it's kind of, like, empty. And, like, we kind of anticipated a big crowd. So, like, our dialogue was going to be aimed towards a, a big crowd. And I felt like I was, wasn't really prepared because I was already shocked at the smaller crowd. And so, with that, we just started playing our songs. And uh, all of a sudden, I looked down. And I see my cord is in a pile of puke. Ew. And I was just like, that's fucking disgusting, dude. But other than that, it was a good set. It was fun playing with my friends and then also seeing a lot of my friends in the crowd. And then uh, the only thing that was really crazy about it was when we were going off on fucking flashbacks. And all of a sudden, Ben's kit just started falling apart. There was people jumping out from the crowd to just fucking pick his kit back up because, like, the symbols were falling the, and the fucking floor tom fell over and shit. It was fucking crazy, dude. So, like, straight off the bat, it sounds like an amazing show story. Like, uh, like already in the beginning, before you guys were even playing, you had that one girl screaming all excited for you guys. Next thing you know, your cables and puke, which is disgusting, but still... You know, it's a great story to tell. And then all the way afterwards till, you know, when the drums were falling over, which congratulations to you guys for not letting that, like, stop you playing. You know, you guys just fixed it or, like, and went straight back to it, which honestly takes a lot of courage because some bands, 
they'll just straight up stop playing when like the minor inconvenience happens. No, it, it was a fun show though. Like at first, nobody was really giving us a chance. We were like, Ugh, "Who are these guys?" And and some of them left, and then a lot, a lot, a decent amount of people stayed. You know, they they're like, "Fuck it, we'll give them a chance." First, there's some head bombing, like maybe they're all right. Then all of a sudden, towards the end, fucking, I just started, people started moshing and shit. It was like, three people just started going crazy. It was fucking awesome, man. Yeah, because that's what metal shows are like here out in Vegas. You know, you have people being filled up with energy and, you know, they need like a way to express it when listening to music that like just adds to the energy levels. So people start moshing, people start going crazy, people are yelling. It's overall just a really great environment. It could be scary at first if you're not or if you're like not into that stuff. But if you are, it's amazing to be surrounded by people with the same energy you have. Yeah, everyone's bringing their energy. And uh, I'm grateful to be in Vegas, you know, because there are a lot of opportunities out here. It's just that we haven't really had the chance to really, you know, like hit consistent shows. And that's what I've been trying to do. And that's why I've been trying to find a a really solid drummer with some free time, at least. Because if we started hitting consistent shows, I already know we could build a following. But just haven't been able to do it well hopefully you guys could do it sooner than later because i've heard you guys' work and your guys' songs are amazing and i've attended one of your shows before which was also amazing so sooner than later hopefully because you guys really do bring talent to the table and you guys do have the opportunity to make something of yourselves Hell yeah. And uh, real quick, is there just any like news you could give us about the future? Anything Vanity of Insanity or yourself have planned for the future? Any upcoming projects? Um, the only big news we have right now is uh, we need a drummer. And tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your cousin, tell your cousin's cousins. I don't give a shit who. Tell somebody, man. Post it on Facebook. Nobody really uses it anymore, but still, post it on Facebook. MySpace even. Post it everywhere. Tell everybody. Who cares? One, wor- one word goes a long way. You know, word of mouth goes a really long way, and it, 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 it can inadvertently help us, you know? Maybe yeah. someone can eavesdrop on your conversation. You never know. So uh, if you can, share it around. Tell people, uh, Vanity of Insanity, we're looking for a drummer. We're no-nonsense. We will pick you up. We'll help you out. As long as you can bring forth the energy to play, that's all we need. Of course, you gotta have that energy and you gotta bring it forward. But Thomas, with everything being said and done, thank you so much for being here. And thank you for talking about Vanity of Insanity. Once again, you can find these guys on Instagram and SoundCloud at Vanity of Insanity. And you can find Thomas himself on Instagram at The Latino Kid. And before we go, Thomas, you want to say goodbye? You want to say anything else before we leave? Goodbye, everybody. Make sure to check us out on SoundCloud if you haven't already. And also, subscribe to Edwin Kruger's podcast. Hey, for sure. We got to get that plug in there. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you leave a five-star review. Heck, I might even read it on the podcast if I think it is either heartwarming or I just think it was funny and I had a good laugh reading it. But thank you, Thomas, once again for being here. It has been your host, Edwin Kruger, here on the Kruger Dissection. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Deuces. Deuces.